Some messages came onto my daughter's iPad. Yeah, and I'm like, rah, what's going on? And I found out that he was actually having a child with another person. Um, I remember that at this point, the verbal abuse was just constant. Wow. Um, and I was dead miserable. And I remember one day that I was pregnant that I, I really, really, I went to, I went to a particular place um, and I just waited for the train to come. Whoa. So the church I was before, I don't think they handled it well because I would say, this is what is happening. This is how I'm feeling. But it would always be about, okay, let's pray. It would always be about like, oh, you know, it was always spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. Mm. And I was hurting and I was telling that this is, I'm hurting. They need to stop treating, especially the women, the divorced women in church. They need to stop treating them as if they're, they're like aliens and they're like an ostracized group in the church community. Mm. Include them in, like, make them feel loved, empathize. Hi guys, welcome to Candid Podcast with me, Lady T. This is the podcast where I dive into many topics and issues relating to relationships, life, politics, uh, pop culture, faith, and so much more. Today, we're going to be talking about the D word, divorce. And it's something that a lot of people go through, but it's not what they want to happen in the marriage. Nobody plans for a divorce. Nobody wants to go into marriage and wants to divorce. But unfortunately, it does happen. And even within the, the Christian walk, it happens. And I was trying to look for statistics in terms of like, you know, what the rates are of divorces. And I think it came up to something like about 20% of divorces in church and I was just like wow this is serious and that might change as well so but it's definitely something to look into so today we're going to be talking about the word divorce or not even the word just divorce in general and how it affects the marriage and especially when also kids are involved as well and my guest today is a very good friend of mine she is uh, so full of life she's happy go lucky she is straight talking she doesn't mess about she doesn't mince her words and she's also <laughs> part of um a group called the holy rascals she's a mum of three she's a wonderful uh lady and um, my guest is shubi hey shubi <laughs> how are you i'm good i've been looking forward to this actually oh really okay 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 me too i mean Divorce is never something that I like. I, I always tread carefully whenever I want to speak to people about this because it's it's a very, it's quite a sensitive subject to mm. some and depending. Mm. And to be honest with you, I've actually wanted to talk about this for a good maybe two years plus, but it's just finding the right people or finding someone who's willing or comfortable to want to talk about mm. it was, has been the troubling thing. But I'm so glad that you said yes, because <laughs> I was like... <laughs> should i but when you said yes i was like yes lord thank you very much thank you very much for this so, um so yeah so we're going to talk about you know your how you your situation how you went through it and the things that happened to you and i think one other thing i love about this podcast is you know my guests are always very just seriously just candid because that's what this podcast is all about being upfront being clear about their experience and everything that's happened i want to start off at the beginning uh with you mm. let's talk about how you how you met your ex-husband so how did you guys meet 
Uh, we met when I was in uni, um, 24 years ago, actually, when I was 20. And yeah, it, it was it was chemistry. It was, for me anyway, it was love at first sight. Um, I was actually going out with somebody with the same name <laughs> at the same time. So when I knew that, okay, this is something, I broke it off with the other person and, yeah. you know, concentrated on this. Yeah, so yeah, uni, love at first sight. Did you ever believe in? Did you even ever believe in love at first sight at that time? Because I, I, I don't. I don't believe in love at first sight. I've, I've always been romantic. I'm, I'm a, I'm a girl who's always loved love. So for me, it wasn't that I didn't believe in it, but I just didn't think it would happen to me. Yeah. So when yeah. it did happen, like it was like, oh, okay, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> exactly that. It really is what it is. Um. Okay. So yeah. you guys. Were- you know you you fell in love with him you know at first sight so how did your relationship then progress in terms of like how long were you together um until you decided to say I do so we're together for six years his mom had just passed away the year before and I got pregnant oh yes I did and but I'd finished school I was working so I got pregnant and you know, um, it was a case of, I had to tell my parents and my dad was like, okay, who's responsible? This is the only person I've ever been with. So, and then my dad spoke to him and that my dad was like, look, let me just tell me what you want to do. Like, you don't have to marry my daughter. You don't have to do none of that. She's not going to lack for anything. Just let me know what your plans are. Mm-hmm. And then he came back and asked for my hand in marriage. And yeah, we got married. Wow, so what age did you get married then? Uh, I got married at 26. 26? Okay, cool. Yeah. So I guess, do you think your, your your parents were okay? Obviously, they would have wanted you to get married, you know, you know, have a child within oh, wedlock. But do you think... The funny thing is that my parents didn't approve of the relationship from the get-go. My mom kicked against it from the get-go. But I gave them an ultimatum. I said to them, like, if you don't let me marry this guy, I'm not getting married again. So I think that kind of like, okay, they need to calm down. So they just supported me the best way they knew how to, not that they wanted me to get married to him, but yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> in terms of them thinking, okay, all right, so you don't have to get married. Do you think your age had a factor in it? Because obviously you're 26. So you were a lot no, longer on. Not at all. My, my, my parents were not bothered about that. They just wanted him to be responsible. They wanted him, okay, are you the re- are you responsible for it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was it. To my parents, that was it. So then them telling him like, okay, let me just know what your plans are concerning her and the child or whatever. And then he just came and asked for my hand in marriage. Wow. Mm-hmm. He did it properly. Yeah. He did it properly, which is, which is good. You know, it, it, you always have to listen, guys. <laughs> let me tell you, I don't know any woman on this planet Earth who is non-traditional where you must go to the, to the parent, to her parents to ask for a hand yeah. in marriage. Like you, you yeah. just have to do it. You have to do it. When you guys were, you know, in a relationship together, like, what was that like? Were there any signs that thought, okay, he's asked for my hand in marriage, but do I really want to marry this guy? I know he's the father of my child, but... Up until me getting pregnant, he was my whole world. Like, nothing existed outside of him. Mm. Like, my friends would complain, like, don't hang out with us anymore. He was in another state, so I would travel to go and see him and then he would travel to come and see me because it wasn't it was in school in another state so when he was at home it was just all about him we would have quarrels like normal couples mm-hmm. um it was nothing that I thought oh you know 
I, I literally said to God that this is the person I was going to marry. And he introduced me to his mom like two months into the relationship. And he and his mom, his mom and I had a beautiful relationship. Okay. So for me, it was like, I, this is my last bus stop. This is who I was going to get married to. But then his mom passed and I, things started flaring up. And at a point, I actually broke, up, broke it up with him. Um, even though I was pregnant, yeah, just, just when I found out I was pregnant, I broke up with him. I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, you can go your way, I can go mine, you know. Mm. But he came back, we sorted things out. So obviously, you know, your normal quarrels as all relationships. Yeah, just normal happens. couple quarrels. Nothing, nothing epic until definitely after his mom passed and just after I got pregnant and we broke up, I literally did break it up and he came back, we we, sort, we sorted it and then, yeah. No, carried on. What was the first like sort of year of marriage? Like, what was that like? What did that look like? And <laughs> were you living by yourself? Um, were you living by yourself or were you living with like parents? Oh, no, 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 no. So his parent, his dad passed six months before his mom passed. So he, and it's just him and his sister. Right. So really, um, I didn't have any in-law issues per se. And my parents are very independent. My parents are not about to get into your business or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So um, when we got married, it was literally, we set up shop, really. But to be fair, before then, he he he, he would, because he was born here, so he would come here. And then, so while I was in law school, he would be here um, and... I literally moved in with his mom. <laughs> yeah, she gave me his car. I would drive. It's helped me to stay in law school. You see? Wow. <laughs> wow. I was literally going for my lectures from his house, from his mom's house. Like, that's how close I was with his mom. But yeah. So we literally just set up shop and we just carried on. Like, you know, it, it wasn't mm-hmm. anything. But then the problems, not well, I won't say problems, but then issues that are flaring up, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay, so obviously when his when his mom passed away, um, do you feel like that's where things change? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that that it, because of his mom's? But I know obviously it's it's hard when you lose someone, and you know, let alone a parent, you know, yeah. close to you. But why do you think that affected him? Yeah, so much. He and his mom. He and his mom were very close. They were born on the day. They share the same birthday, and they were very, very close. Right. Um, I think his mom's passing affected him in a very, very, very negative way. And to today, I still tell him that he hasn't. He hasn't actually processed it. Mm. He just. It was like a switch. You know, it was like a switch. I can't. I can't really put my hand in it, but because, but it was definitely a switch. And yeah. So what kind of things yeah. did happen? Because had you had your first child by this point? Okay, so his mom passed, mm-hmm. got pregnant, got married. And so we got married in April and my first child came in July. Wow. And things were still okay. Like, you know, the odd bits here and there, mm-hmm. you know, issues or whatever. And then I was struggling to get work. Um, he was struggling with, you know, finding work as well. You know, he was an entrepreneur. Every business, every business he went into, something was always happening, you know. So we're, we're okay financially. Mm-hmm. 
but it was we were still struggling. We're trying to find our place, you could say. So it was, yeah, it was a bit of a struggle. But when Kiki came, that's my first child. When Kiki came, it like it kind of like brought us together. Mm-hmm. But then also he he and then he traveled a lot. Ah, you know, okay. yeah, he traveled a lot for business. But yeah, so yeah, we yeah, it was it was it was hard. The first year was um 50-50, but then mm. as as we progressed, it became yeah, it okay. just became so um as things progress so when was it that things really really changed like what was significant to the point where like he then you know everything about him changed obviously you'd seen it small small yeah so um that that was just like whoa what's going on so so i remember um just after i had um my youngest Mm -hmm. timmy so at that point where matt would so 2007 so at that point we'd been married for what four years and something yes no no yeah so something happened and it was really really bad to the point where i had to ask him to leave to the point yeah so to the point where i had to ask him to leave and then he didn't want to go so i had to get help to ask him to leave and then you know to the point where my you know we had to call like a meeting where we had to sit down with third parties and yeah. like, okay, what's the issue? You're never gonna do it again. Blah da da. And then shortly after that, I went, I went home to visit my parents with the children. Mm. And when I came back in January, because we went in December and then came back in January, things were just, it'll be good for a while. And then, you know, you know when something doesn't feel right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you is. know when something doesn't feel right. So yeah. it was all, all those niggling things that would happen and I'm like mm. and back then when I was younger I wouldn't let things go I would like if I if I if you give me an inch I would what is this you go wow yeah you would dissect it you want to go into it and find out I was like, like, what no, is this going doesn't, on this doesn't make sense this doesn't add up what's going on here what's going on here I just so there was and also there were a lot of external factors hmm. but when it was good it was good yeah but when it was bad, it was like it was really it was bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. In any of these things, was he ever physically abusive to you? Um. Hmm. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. And and do you think that him doing that was obviously it, that would have taken you by surprise, you know, because you never thought that oh, he, yeah. he, he could ever do that. Yeah. But obviously, him doing that. Did you think I'm out, or was it that? No. This is probably just like a one time. I'll forgive you. Oh, now. I knew it was a one time because my parents got involved. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, it was wow. just after I had my second child. Again, something happened, and so I had to lock myself. Up. But to be fair to him, the minute like he he was so remorseful. But what happened had happened. That part. But he was so remorseful. Mm-hmm. And then two days later, my mom was on a flight here. And she, she had words with him. And to, never, to, again. never again. Yeah. I can imagine because obviously, you know, we've handed our daughter over to you. We're not here. We didn't hand her over to... You know, the customary thing is that we didn't hand her for, for her to deteriorate in, in life and, you know, and as a mm-hmm. person. And, mm-hmm. 
manhandling, yeah. mishandling her. So yeah. I can, I can fair, the minute I told my parents that I wanted, the, the minute my parents agreed for us to marry, mm-hmm. they accepted, accepted him as their son. Mm. So it wasn't a case of, oh, your son-in-law. It was more of, you are our child mm-hmm. and this can this this cannot run. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. When you, obviously, you, it sounds like from Nigeria, you then moved to the UK and then you had... Oh, yeah. Your I always tell people that I didn't want to come to the UK. I followed mine, in it. <laughs> it's like, yep, might as well. You never wanted to come here anyway. You always blame me for coming. I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to come here. I had a good job. I was a lawyer. I had a good job. I was living comfortably. Yeah. Like, there was no need for me to come. But yeah, I followed mine, innit? <laughs> Which you would. I mean, it's 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 the natural, I guess, next yeah. step to, to kind of yeah. like come with that person. So it's just like, well, you might as well. It's his, my husband, so <laughs> I need to be with him. Exactly, and yeah. And, you know, as as even though there was that one time and i think I, I think most people well those who were strong enough after there's been some form of physical abuse in their relationship i guess if the partner is remorseful like your ex was i think it's just one of those ones where like okay and they believe deep down that i believe this is your first and last time yeah most would stay but you know there was there are other people where it wouldn't happen like that because it'd be like, no. Nah. It wouldn't run, no. Yeah, it's no. like, nope, one time, no. yeah. that's it. But do you, you know. know what I always say is that sometimes, and I know this can be controversial, but mm. sometimes, yeah, the emotional and mental and verbal abuse is worse than the physical abuse. Mm. Because physical oh. abuse, you can see it, you can heal, you can mend it. In, but the emotional, mental and verbal abuse, you carry it with you. It's a weight that you carry with you. It's in 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 a way, it's worse. Mm. None of it is good, but in a way, that is because I've been on both sides, so that is worse. Because sometimes I still think about words that have been said to me, and if I let myself go there, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it takes it takes longer for words, you know, emotional and the emotional and sort of verbal abuse to get over because that sticks longer. Because you, mm-hmm. it's it's because it's now in your in your in your psyche and you know the back of the brain like it's there and you're forever trying to deal with it and it's just like you're you're you've got the good and bad two two different sides in your head telling you one thing and then the other one's trying to tell you that no you're this and you know you're trying to, is it my fault is it me is it is it me kind of thing is this why and because and because of someone like me my one of my main love languages is words words of affirmation words right. of affirmation so raw you're messing with me mm. and see lady T that thing that they always say oh sticks and stones may break my bones but words never let can we stop that nonsense please can we just stop it because <laughs> it's a lie <laughs> it really is a lie i i always said this, and it's funny you said that because of uh, not long ago um you know i was having a conversation with someone or i think it was something on online and i said whoever said that no, yeah, it was on one of my breakfast shows. And I said, whoever said that, sticks and stones, that words don't hurt. Whoever said that needs to, like... Be <laughs> Apologise like, to the world. Honestly, <laughs> because words do hurt. Because, yeah. you know, as we know, you know, as wishes, we know that there is life and death in the tongue. Life 
and death. Imagine <laughs> being able to utter these two lips and utter life into someone and also utter death into death. someone. Oh. That's a huge thing. That's big. Words big. are powerful. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely powerful. Words have done a lot of damage to people and some people have recovered from it and some people haven't recovered from it. So yeah. we really have to be mindful of our words and what we say what to you say, yeah. each yeah. other, especially in relationships and whatnot, mm. you know. Now that you are, so you've, you've got your second, you know, you're with your second child, you're now in the UK, um, you guys are functioning. What was the then the next deterioration point? I think throughout the course of our marriage is only worth he's only stayed like he's always working from away from home he's always taking jobs outside he's always had jobs outside of london so at the point where i had my third child um he was always working from home like it's either york or reading or coventry always away so he would just come home on weekends and so i started noticing like stuff happening it just didn't again a woman's intuition it didn't add up so i'm like okay so i noticed that there was a particular um business relationship that he told me about that was like okay it's your business partner it didn't run so i would say stuff it didn't it just didn't it just didn't add up one day some messages came onto my daughter's ipad yeah and i'm like brah what's going on and i found out that he was actually having a child with another person so yeah and guess what I still decided to stay I still decided to stay like okay it's another child I was hurt I was really I was deeply I I, I felt so betrayed and hurt and I walked through my emotions you know I was still a old church girl like no we can make this work blah 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 like I'd had you know and before then, my parents had always told me, before my dad died, my, my parents had always told me that whatever you want to do, we support you 100%. 100%. So I said, no, you know what? This is, for, this is my forever. I have to make it work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm just trying to take it in, that the fact that you said, <laughs> you saw the messages come to the iPad. Yeah. And he was having... Not even, not, not even having no, 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 an affair. Obviously, the affair, but having another child, another child yeah. with somebody else. Did, did you suspect before you suspected? I just, you know, because I, because I used to think, oh, you know, I used, Lady T. Let me tell you something. I'm the most suspicious person ever. If something ring doesn't ring right in my head. I don't let you go until I find out what I, until I get to the bottom of it. But this one was just too much. Wow. And then he was in Dubai on business. Yeah. At that point, he was in Dubai on business. And yeah, so, so I, I, I literally, I can't remember, like, I, maybe I went to him on WhatsApp and I was like, this, that, 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 that. And he tried to, like, try and finish me, like, Bro, wow. <laughs> you, can't, you can't run that anymore. Like, the jig is up. And then he was like, oh, yeah. And then he tried to, like, blag his way through it. I'm like, no, you can't run like that. Like, the jig is up. 
Wow. And then so, you have, so he was yeah. trying to tell you that no, it's not like that's not. No, I was trying to say like yeah. That you're just imagining like, things. You can't just say that. It's no, it wasn't like, even saying that. It was just like oh yeah. Um, it was just telling me a lot of stuff like no, nah, fam, you can't run. Like the jig is up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, and then he's um and then um so I said okay fine. So I dealt with my emotions and I was like okay fine, this has happened. And I, I sat him and asked him, do you used to want to deal with this marriage? Do you used to want your family? Let me know. Because I'm willing to walk through whatever this is. You know, it just means that I've got three kids and I've got four kids now. That's the way I saw it. I was ready to be a blended family. Like, okay, what's yeah. happened? What was being read to me was like, oh, it's it's just, it just, it was, it just happened. Like, so he wanted his family still. So I said, okay, fine. So now we have four kids. We just deal with it. Let's keep it moving. Did he yeah. did he ever say when 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 did the affair actually start with this person? Girl, I don't even want to know. It must have been I a long time. It must have been a long time in for Yeah, but I found out later that um it was an intentional yeah, conception that it wasn't that they, they actually it was a planned thing. So it was actually a planned yeah, yeah. pregnancy that so he went out of his way. So all this time he was doing all these business trips, working working away from home. So he's he's he was doing extracurricular activities. Oh, I I get this. I would get I would get the amount of crazy phone calls that I would get from other people mm. telling me stuff or coming at me, telling me <laughs> I got one that actually said your husband is cheating on both of us. Like what? Wow. About it now. <laughs> but obviously then it was just like you thought you were obviously, you know, yes, you had your ups and your downs, you know, you've got kids, but you still love this man. Like Oh, 100%. You loved this 100%. man and you were still willing. 100%. He was my world. Like yeah. he was my forever. When I say that he was my forever. So whatever comes, we're going to deal with it and we're going to keep it moving. Because divorce was not even in my dictionary. Never. Awesome, because you took your vow seriously, you know, through... Uh, um, 100%. Uh, what's, what's, was it forever? And he's the only person I've ever been intimate with as well. So it was like, uh, yeah! So he's the only person, your first, and that was it. That was it. So I was like, I'm not going anywhere. We'll just wow. walk through it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so now you found out that his extracurricular activities now brought him an intentional pregnancy. Yeah. So what then happened after that? Like what? So after that, so the baby came and I was still trying to finesse me, like saying, oh, it's just about the baby. It's just about the baby. Only for me to find out that they had a life together. And it was just, it just got to a point where and then he was being very, maybe it was unintentional, but it was, I was getting the brunt of the frustration and the aggravation and everything else. And it got to the point where my sanity was, was in danger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I was not functioning. I was in an autopilot. I was always crying. I was dead miserable. I was useless, even to my kids. Like I was, I would do the, the, the routine things but I knew that I was I was running on grace at that point wow 
Yeah, because there would be instances where he, he was, and he, he was on, maybe I, I like to say it was unintentional, but he was always latching out with words, with words again, the words. It, it, no, it couldn't run. My sanity was in danger. Mm. So one night when he came home, he was still coming home for weekends to see the kids and that. And then it became every other weekend, you know, whatever. And so one night he came, I sat, I sat him down, I said, look, it's obvious that this thing is not working. So maybe we need to, you know, go our separate ways, like do a separation and, you know, just because it's not working. And I, I, we had a proper, it was dead of the night because I remember, and then he stopped sleeping in the bedroom. He would sleep in the living room when he came. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So, so yeah. Do you know, I've actually never processed this. I've actually never sat down to process it. So it's like therapy for me. Wow. Like I'll talk to people about it, but like to actually do the timeline. and Yeah. Yeah. So I would, um, so I, I, we had a conversation and he then, he then, and that was in 2017. We had that conversation. I had that conversation. I pulled him and had the conversation because so much had gone on. And then he told his uncle, because he has an uncle and an aunt here. So he told them and they called me and said they wanted to see me. And so I went to the family meeting and I felt so ambushed, but they did in love. Um, they tried to patch things up, but it wasn't going to run. I mean, your in-law has intentionally gotten someone pregnant and they, you're, they, I, uh, I, I don't know, is this, is this, is it a cultural thing? Do you think it's this cultural thing? Because obviously, you know, from Nigerian background, where hundred percent is a cultural thing. It's like to, to try and stay in dysfunction because it is dysfunction when you look. But at they it. don't. They don't. I feel like people don't realize this dysfunction. People are just. I feel like Nigerians, especially because I'm Nigerian and that's the culture that I come from, mm-hmm. the Yoruba mm-hmm. culture. They always, they always, they always like. There's nothing that can be fixed. A child, a, a child outside of the marriage is not the end of the world. You know, you, if you guys can still work it out, if you guys can still, if you guys are still willing, like, come on, let's, let's just keep it moving. I mean, it's, it's, because I feel like in that dysfunction, there is, there's, there's been a lot of damage that has been done to so many families and children. Going oh, yeah. Because, yeah. You, because you've said, it's okay. It's just that one time you guys can make it work. It's almost like one, you wanting to to adopt like a polygamous type, you know. Oh yeah, because, because that's the culture. Because that's the culture. That's the culture, you know. It's, it's, if, if the, if especially, they'll go, especially if the man still wants to be married to you. So it's not even, the onus is not even on the woman whether she wants to be married or stay married or not. If the man is still interested in the marriage, then it's a make it work, basically. Make it work. And it, it does, I mean, a lot of women have been mentally battered, mm-hmm. you know, so. Absolutely, yeah, because. Thankfully, I, mean, I had a family that was, my family has been so supportive, hmm. especially. So all of this happened when my, after my dad died. So my mom has been so supportive, like whatever you want to do, you know, even with the, even when I told them about the other kid and all of that. My mom was still asking me, you know, when I still told her that I wanted to stay in the marriage, she was like, okay, fine. You know, let's, 
what do you need from us? What, you know, what supports can we give you? So if your dad was still alive, do you think your dad, what do you think your dad would do? Do you think your dad would be like, I want you to get out of this marriage? And no, he would still ask him? me. No, he would still ask me what I wanted to do. He, mm-hmm. Even before he died, they always let the ball in my court. They always said to me, Shibomi, whatever you want to do, we support you. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay in the marriage, we support you. If you, what if it's, you know, we support you. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned about like your your sanity and I just want to talk about that for a little bit in terms of like, I guess your mental health because <laughs> I mean finding out that you're you first of all your husband's having an affair but even worse there's a child intentionally involved in this that was properly planned where at what point did you like I guess having a break because you know breakdowns can be quite they can either be sudden or it can pro- it can just progress mm what type of like mental struggles or issues did you go through i mean did you have a breakdown was that depression did you even think about obviously you've got kids but you know some people the thoughts of suicide is there as well because because it's like you don't want to go on living like this is the person that you said i do to you You took your vows very seriously this is the love of your life your first love and the one that you wanted to be with forever till death do you part Mm -hmm. so Let's talk about the mental, the mental space that you were in. Oh, when even before all of this, when I was pregnant with my third child, um, my baby, mm-hmm. um, I remember that at this point the verbal abuse was just constant. Wow. Um, and I was dead miserable. And I remember one day that I was pregnant that I, I really, really, I went to, I went to a particular place. Um, and I just waited for the train to come. Whoa. So it's just do what I needed to do. And it was, I, I, I know that it was a godsend because this policeman, this white policeman just came out of nowhere and just came to me and said, you know, madam, are you okay? Kind of jolted me out of that, you know, and I just walked away. And I remember coming home and, you know, saying, oh, you know what, this was what happened. and. I remember being told that, oh, well, you know, maybe if, if it, yeah, it, it didn't go well, the conversation. So you, actually, so you actually told him this is what you were going to do and he just yeah, dismissed it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think he, I don't think he registered with him. Hmm. I don't think he registered because what he said to me, I don't even know that I should say it out loud. Because to be fair, he might not have been, you know, he, he, you know, he's a good person and I wouldn't in any way disparage him. Mm-hmm. You know, t- the fact that we didn't work doesn't make him a bad person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know that, but yeah, what he said, I still live with it today. I still think about it today. I still live with it and it still burns me to today. I yeah. mean, I mean, you were pregnant, like obviously you were heavily pregnant with your third yeah. and to find out anything as as broken as that you know like your marriage is on the verge of of a breakup your husband is this Mm. it would send it would send a woman's emotions into into a frenzy because it's just like because obviously you've got your hormonal your pregnancy hormones already oh yeah already rife as it is and then then add that on top of those hormones it's like a volcanic 
eruption. Oh, that yeah, is I was messed up. I, I, yeah, I was. I was looking, and to be, I was glowing. I, I, did, I all my pregnancies were wonderful. Mm. I didn't have a problem physically. I was glowing, but I was inside. I was pretty messed up. So you know, I got over all of that, and then, what well, that? So that was two thousand and. 2003 2004 mm -hmm. and then running to 2015 you know the baby comes and yeah. and then we just we just started at um at clc mm -hmm. you know i was i felt like at that point was like i was dead man walking because i, I was just doing the everyday stuff but i was mentally not balanced mm -hmm. I was always shouting at my kids. The smallest thing would set me off. I felt like I was dying inside, and at the same time, I was running mad. I don't. I actually don't know how to explain it. But at that point, I didn't think that I was depressed. I didn't know that it was depression, so I really can't say because I wasn't diagnosed or anything. Mm. But I knew that my life, every day was a chore for me to wake up wow. and just face the day. But I just got on with it, and I threw myself into church. I threw myself into church like TLC was like I know it was like a safe haven for me and I would come and praise worship I would praise my my life out I would come and worship till I had nothing in me to give at the altar like that was my that was where I processed it and then I'll come home maybe give the food the kids lunch or food or whatever and then I would stay in my room and Crying. Oh gosh, that's it's so yeah. It's so heavy. Like you can just you can just hear the 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 ache, the, the heart oh, ache, yeah. the headache yeah. in all of that. And how were the kids? Did they notice what was going on? Did they know? Oh yeah, the, yeah. I guess the, the the first two would have known. What oh, the first them. my my first daughter. It really affected her, really impacted her negatively. And yeah, we're still dealing with it. Like I've tried, because now I believe Jesus and therapy. You can't tell me nothing. If you're going to talk to me about depression, you got you have to bring therapy in. Prayers are not going to do, they're so not going okay. to do the job. Sorry, we pray and then we go for therapy. Really, mm. really. There is no, you can't tell me different. So yeah, it really affected, impacted my kids negatively. But what I, what I try to do through it all is that look, whatever is going on, Dad and I are separate. Dad and he loves. One thing you can't take away from my ex. I used to tell him that I feel like in another life he must have been bereft of children because the way he loves his children, mm. he is a father who loves his kids like he will provide for them he will do what he needs to do for them so the fact so I used to tell my kids like the fact that your dad and I have issues that's your dad and he loves you and regardless of anything that's happening now that's your brother mm -hmm. he's your brother period period so, so in essence it's like great father or a terrible husband mm yeah in, in, in pretty much words. pretty much in other words. yeah in a nutshell so when did you go for counseling when did you decide to go did you ever even consider so going for counseling so yeah so i did i did in, in church 
um, yeah, I've signed up for a few sessions. I even signed up my kids as well for a few sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did. But I don't feel like we got to the nitty gritty of it. Like, I wish I, I wish I had continued with it. Do you wish you continued the therapy within the church setting or externally? Oh, no. Externally, externally. externally. I, I would have loved to continue the, within the church setting, but I felt like at a point um, I needed to go outside of church. Mm. Because and, even like at, my kids were like, look, it's, all, it's always about church, 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 church. Like it was one should be one TLC. Because mm. I had to pull myself into something or else I was going to lose I was going to lose the very essence of who I was. Mm-hmm. I had lost, I felt it was only maybe at maybe 2018, 2019 that I started feeling like myself again. Wow. So not that even long ago. I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because you would think that obviously, you know, for the time that you, from when you got married young to now, you think it, it seemed like it was a long time, but then your recovery process seemed only that of like three or four years oh, yeah. ago. Yeah. Like really, yeah. really dealing with it yeah. and stuff. Yeah. You know. Um and how do you how do you think this whole situation is gonna impact on your kids in terms of them seeing obviously what their dad did, but then for future, for their own personal like, you know, relationships going forward, you know, is is it a fight to be like I know this is what happened to your father and I, but I don't want this for you. I don't want you to see women like this. I don't want you to see men in particular, especially your daughters. I don't want you to see men like this. Is that? Oh is yeah, that that's something you have to fight. Yeah, that's something you have to tell your kids all the time. Like, even he tells them, like, look, don't marry no Nigerian. <laughs> he tells them. <laughs> so, so like, oh my god. Like we joke, we joke about it now because like don't marry Nigerian and even my you know my younger daughter would say stuff like oh I don't want to get married and I'm like but love is a beautiful thing like don't think of what happened to me just you know I try to have that conversations but mm. they're quite like like well we see what's happening you know but so it's 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 it can be it can be a challenge to have those kind of conversations with them, but they do know, but I always tell them that, look, the fact that it didn't work out between your dad and I, you know, and they saw a lot of stuff as well, you know, and they were told a lot of stuff, but tell you what, even after the separation and all of that, we tried to go to mediation, it broke down, because we were so angry. And I said to him that, okay, fine, you know, it's not working, but let's be civil because we've got three kids. We have to co-parent. So I was always like, oh, let's be civil. Let's be civil. Mm. But he was so angry for whatever reason that he was bent on, I don't know what it was, but it was, it was, he was just so angry. Do you feel he was trying to destroy your, who you were as a person, like destroy any kind of like, um, almost destroy your inner being, your character, to make you know, look at you, to make yourself look different, to see yourself differently as this yeah. unworthy person. Because said some hurtful things, but now when I think, even though I still remember those words, I'm just like, look, it is what it is. He's still the father of my children. He will still be the father of my children until I die. So, mm. 
me hating him is really a waste of time and a waste of my energy. Mm. Mm. But he was so angry with me that he we couldn't sit down to have a conversation. For like three years, we did not have a conversation. Like I think maybe from like late 2017 to maybe 2020 to last year. Yeah, we could not have a conversation. Wow. Without like involving a third party. Like I, we couldn't speak. He wouldn't speak to me. So did he ever say uh, why? What was what was it that he, what was no. it that he was angry at, or why why was it that? No, he's the kind oh. of person. He's. I always tell him that look, you still haven't processed your mom's passing. It's not what's your problem, but he's the kind of person like he doesn't like to talk about. I'm the kind of person like we have an issue. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's not like that. He doesn't process things that way. He he's like okay, let's just keep going. I'll do what I need to do, and that's it. But I'm like, okay, but this is an issue. Let's talk about it. Again, my love language is words. But yeah, so up until tw- last, up until last year, we're not talking. He would come and take the kids whenever, and that's another thing I made. I determined in my head that whatever he does to me, I would not use the kids as a ploy one, and I will not stop him from seeing his kids whenever and i will not stop him from i would never restrict access to the kids Mm -hmm. that's that's not how i play and for people who do that it is wrong it is wrong you don't you don't restrict access to parents you don't restrict other parents access to your child just because they're hurting you Mm -hmm. that's a different Mm -hmm. battle because you're hurting your children in the process so yeah so those are the things i determined so I just kept praying. Sometimes I couldn't even pray. Sometimes I wept. Sometimes I couldn't even cry. But then God just turned things around in the space of between March and April last year. Wow. Just between March and April last year. Yeah. So bringing bringing the whole church part into it, because this, mm. this is another part, um, because the way the church in general as a whole body looks at divorce is almost like this kind of disgust and shameful thing and it's often like you know what did you do and i know in 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 african culture the first place that they look is the woman like what did you as the woman do and it's just like Mm. wait there's two parties in this okay Mm. do you want to ask the other person what they did because because it takes two so i think you'd want to ask what was going on there so how do you feel the church or whichever church that you went to at the time yeah oh did they did they kind of look down on you was there was there any support you know was there any kind of like judgmental feeling even yeah even with the with the with with the church congregation as well like you know when you did you feel people looking at you seeing you different, mm. thinking, oh, there goes that divorced woman, da 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 What was that, what was that like in terms of the church setting and the, yeah. Yeah, so, so the church I was before, I don't think they handled it well, because I would say, this is what is happening, this is how I'm feeling, but it would always be about, okay, let's pray, it would always be about like, oh, you know, it was always spiritual, spiritual, spiritual. Mm. And I was hurting and I was telling that this is, I'm hurting, but they didn't feel that need. 
in fact, there were days where I remember an incident. Um, I was told, if you go to church, don't come back home. Yeah, he said that to you. Yeah, and I said, and I said that to my pastor at the time, and he said, "Go to church." I'm like, "Are you joking? Are you joking?" So it was the it was a it was a case of I don't feel they handled it well, and it's probably because they didn't know how to handle it. No, no, nothing bad to say about my old church. Nothing bad to say about them, but I feel like they just did not know what to do. So coming into, so I'm so when we moved to where we live now, um, I think we moved what about eight nine years ago. Um, I was already feeling disengaged because I felt like I was crying out mm. in many ways than one, but no, they could, I felt like I wasn't feeling hurt. I was, I felt like they could, like, I'm telling you that I'm hurting. You will call a meeting. You say one or two scriptures are like, that's not why I need, I needed something more and I wasn't getting it. So I felt really let down in that way. But now I understand it's because they didn't know how to handle the situation. So moving to my new church, um, I got he, funny. He even went to counseling with me a few times. He went to counseling with you. He went to counseling with me a few times. Yeah, in the early days, um, and you know, it, we got to the point where, when things really got bad, bad, um, I was told that you know what, um, we we can't tell you to get divorced. That's, that can be our position, but you need to do whatever you need to do to, you know, to guard your mental state. Do you think that was a wise thing that they said to you or was it that they didn't want to be seen as get a divorce because this is what your husband I feel did? like most of the time, I feel like the church as a whole, and this is not my church alone, I feel like the church as a whole, will not come out and tell you get a divorce mm. and divorce is not a dirty word if somebody if, if somebody is being hurt to the point of physical emotional mental verbal abuse you tell them to get out of it but you won't tell them to go divorce like at least give me my options do you know what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they won't tell you i, I feel like to to even tell the person to say, to even tell them like, oh, you need to go, you need to leave. It's a problem. Hmm. And and yours wasn't even like, even when it gets physical and clearly there's a life in danger. I feel like sometimes the church ignores that as well and see like this, this like a mediation process as well. Yeah. And for me, I know personally, I don't believe in divorce. Like obviously when a partner or a spouse breaks your heart or even breaks your trust, that's a deep thing. It hurts, it hurts a lot. I don't believe in that. And I feel like there is a way unless one, if one partner is remorseful about what they've done, then I guess, mm. yeah, you can do. But when it comes to physical abuse for me, I'm like, I'm tapping out. I personally will tap out because yeah. I'm like, even though you did it once, what's to say you won't do it again? I can't take that risk because you see many mm. other people, you've seen so many other women, even, even men as well, being in abusive relationships, they'll stay, 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 stay yeah. until they're six feet under. Yeah. Exactly. So why yeah. why would you wanna why would you wanna still tell them to mediate when there is clear physical 
abuse when there's a life yeah luckily for me the physical abuse was the main physical abuse was just the one time hmm. it was just the one time and but having said that the church position i don't understand it to be fair because even after we had we we had mediation family members um at a point we had mediation with my then pastor, um, one of my cousins and her husband, like, and it was all about, okay, forgiveness, let's keep it moving. Not, okay, this is what you did. You need to be held accountable. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I read, um, there was a story in Nigeria um, a few months ago about one woman who was beaten badly by her husband. And she had marks on her face. She was crying. Her son was, you know, was comforting her. The, the state governor got involved. The Commission of Women Affairs got involved. And all they did was reconcile them. Jesus. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and you could see that this woman was miserable. They had a press conference. And she was the one saying, you remember the story? Yes, I remember. And I'm like, I was just cringing, like, rah, I hope that we don't hear that this woman has died. Mm -hmm. So I really hope so. And I really hope that the man turns, you know, turns things around. Because, mm -hmm. like, you're not even addressing the fact that he was physically abusive towards her. Mm -hmm. You're trying to, what are you reconciling? What are you reconciling? Because her blood will be on their hands if she does die. It's on their hands if she does die. And it's just like you're, you're putting... It's like it's almost like a woman's... A woman has to bear the brunt of a man's anger. Yeah. Like that's what they're meant for. Like, you know, what did you do? Okay, yeah. maybe, maybe she didn't do anything. Maybe he hasn't... An that's always the question. That's always the question. Hey, you two, what did you do? I, yeah. I'm mad. What do you mean, what did I do? Is that the question we should be asking? Or how dare you? When there's physical abuse, you sh it definitely shouldn't be, what did you do? It's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you even lay a finger on her? It doesn't have to be that bad. If it was going to get that bad, if if you can't stand it, then it's fine. Then walk away. Mm. Do whatever you need to do. Just leave. But yeah. to put to disregard a woman's life, her, just who she is as a woman, feeling that you can just mm. do whatever you want. That's an, that's an abuse of position. It's an abuse of power. It's an abuse of a blessing that you were given in the first place. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, uh, it, it, it just really, it, it angers me a lot when, when these things happen, especially in our culture, because it's almost like a pattern. Yeah. It's okay. It's what she yeah. hmm. Words do really do damage. Words, and especially when the words can be threatening, when it's a, it's threatening to your, to your life and you're like yeah. sh why sh this this can't this isn't love this isn't what love looks yeah. like you know yeah. so obviously all these all this has happened um you know did you file for divorce or did he file for divorce oh no so so because i was not in a financial place i was not financially independent enough to I was not financially independent. So I was still depending on him for a lot of things. So he, so he filed. 
And then when he fouled, um, there are a lot of disparities in, in, the, in, in, his, in the application. So I had to get a lawyer and, you know, it was back and forth, back and forth. So we're still in court. Sorry, I'm not, sorry, let me just put that. I'm not divorced yet, but we're still in court. We're still doing the process. So now we're like, oh yeah, so this is what we're going to do next. Okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, we're very, very amicable now. If you knew us December 2019, we could not be in the same room together. Wow. So come March 8, 2020, God I don't know what happened. Was that prayer, whatever? I just know that I went for a supernatural shift. COVID happened. <laughs> and supernatural shift, I've, I pray some deadly prayers like, God, I can't do this anymore. Something has to give. Something has to give. Because I was, I was again, my mental state had gotten to the point where I was exhausted emotionally and mentally, like I could not carry it again. Mm. And so the switch came. We moved to a new place. He became more, he became, I don't even know what he is. He just switched. It was like a Jekyll and Hyde. He just switched. And now it's a case of, yeah, I'll call him, I'll call him up, you know, he comes around, we chat, and our kids are looking at us like, what's going on? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's better than you fighting and being different one, uh, one other, and then your kids seeing that toxic 100%. behavior. So I guess yeah. this is a lot more, you know, easier to see. So now that you're in this process, what's your, what's your view on getting married again you know do you still believe in love no no i believe in love i love love i'm a romantic till i die mm. but marriage no and people do you know what lady t what upsets me is that people keep telling me oh don't say that oh my i said i'm not getting married again what do i want to get married for what no, I'm not getting married again. I want a companion. I want companionship. And then again, the Christianese people will come at me like, <laughs> like, what do you mean? What do you want to do with that? You know what? what? You know what? Let's let's talk about that actually. Because obviously, <laughs> you know, you're a Christian woman, you're flourishing, yeah. you're doing well. But then it's just like, as a Christian woman, <laughs> it's 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 natural for you to get married, you know, to want to get married. Yeah. You know. But you've just said, you know, you're a Christian woman. You don't want to get married again. You I don't. You just want to be, you just want to have a companion and who understands. So the person that you, you're with knows that I'm not in this for marriage. I don't want to get married. I don't mind. I don't want to get married. So. Yeah. I don't even want somebody living in my house. I don't want to live with the person. I don't want to really? live with the person. I don't want nobody living in my house. No. But then what does you think, but what do your kids think about that though? <laughs> but, but then that's like a, a message to your to your daughters or your son and say, you don't need to get married. You're Christian, you don't need to get married. No, no, but, that, but that's the thing. But that's the thing. I always push marriage. Like I love love and I love marriage. I, I know starting from my parents, I know be, I have experienced beautiful marriages. So I know that if you get it right, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. But I just didn't get it right, and that's okay. And for me, I have done the marriage thing. I, don't, I, I can't do it again. It's not that I don't want to, I can't. Like, 
it's not happening. So if I find somebody, if I if I do find somebody now who we have the same values, he's a Christian, mm-hmm. he believes in the things I believe in, we can have, you know, we can have companionship. But, but then people keep asking me, okay, so what about the dude? I'm like, is that all relationships are about? The dude? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's always about sex, you know. God. It yeah, let's a, say sex, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It isn't about sex. Relationships aren't because there's there's a lot of a lot of people who have relationships. It's just based on sex. Like they use sex as the yardstick for their relationship, and it's just like mm. how long you're not gone. That's not going to hold. What if what, all of a sudden it's not quite working? And all of a sudden now you're like, oh, I don't want it because they're not they're not performing very well anymore. It's like, well, do you know what, I mean? what do you mean? Like yeah. that that was your fault because you based the whole relationship on just the physical not yeah. the, the mental or the emotional or the spiritual side of it at all tell you what i had a friend i had well he was a family friend really and you know when he heard that you know i was separated and getting a divorce and he's 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 divorced and he came to me and said ah, so let's be helping each other i said to do what <laughs> this person knows that i'm a christian like i'm a christian 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 I'm as Christian as they come. <laughs> I just, I was like, to do it, like, I was like, did you actually say that to me? Because I, like, well, he said to try it. I'm like, okay, you got the wrong one, mate. It's not. He wanted, he wanted to, to be, he wanted you guys to be servicing each other. In other words, friends with benefits. Yes, the friends, friends with benefits type of thing. So, so how do you feel like? (laughs) Let's say you do find someone who you just want companionship with, and there's, yeah, and that's it. You're both Christians. What do you think people will think? And do you think it's even right or is it just yeah do you think it's right because it's just like and i know for me because obviously where i'm coming from where i've grown up i've seen um you know as man and woman marriage is, is designed for them both to stay together if you're going to be with someone marry them and do life together not just because obviously anything can happen why can't you do life together without sex was the body meant to not have sex though <laughs> Because, because the body is wired for it if we're, gonna be, if we're gonna be real the body was yeah. wired for it that's how god intended yeah, but I'm, single, I'm single I've, I've been i've been i've been abstinent now for how long now to <laughs> for a long time obviously <laughs> <laughs> Even before the separation conversation, we weren't, you know, weren't intimate. So um, I think we stopped being intimate maybe six months, like maybe June 2016 or thereabout. Yeah. So, and I'm not a very sexual person, to be fair. I guess if you're not that, yeah. I guess if if you're you're not, it is what it is. You don't. I said that too. Having said that, though, if I if I meet the right person and it stirs up stuff, then that's that's when I get to that bridge, I'll cross it. Hmm. I'll cross it when I get to that bridge. But for now, for now, no. But do you think you'll meet a Christian man? What about if you meet a man now? You know, because you want companionship, but this guy 
fully loved you. There's nothing wrong. He's actually fine. Like he checks out everything about him is right. His yeah. character, his 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 past, everything is correct. And he wants to marry you. Like he doesn't want to just be a companion because what is that? But he actually wants to marry you. Like he says, I want you to be my wife. Like I'm in serious. What will you do then? Do you know what? I always, I always say never say never. But for me, it's not likely. It's not likely. If you love me, you're just going to love me how you see me, how you meet me. And then if God says otherwise, then I will not disobey God. Apart from that, no, marriage is not for me. No but do you think marriage is not for you at this moment in time? No, it's not of... for me, period. See, I'm loving my life. I'm loving my life. Like, my kids are old enough, thank God. I, 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 I get to live my life. The other day, my ex came around and was like, oh, you're living your best life. I'm like, yeah. Of course I'm yeah. going to do. Like, why wouldn't I be? I mean, this, which is great, which I think, which I think you need to because yeah. you can't be in a in a state for so long because it would just destroy you. It would yeah. just destroy your, your yeah. actual being of yourself and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's just like... Um, yeah you have to move on like you can't i mean yeah. he's obviously moved on he's doing his thing he's happy so like why um, can't you be happy um, the stories i could tell you he's moved on and on and on wow, wow. And on. he's moved he's moved wow so i'm joking i'm just messing about but yeah he's moved one of the most important thing is this forgiveness mm. because people do so much to us and it's hard mm. to forgive to let go because you need to forgive to let go. It's not for not not necessarily for the person, but it's more for yourself. For yourself, yeah, yeah. To to forgive. So, how was the process for forgiveness? Like, how long did that take? And have you forgiven him? I've actually never thought about it, but I don't think I've ever not forgiven him. I'm not one to. I don't know what it is about him. Maybe because he's because I really truly loved him. So it wasn't a case of, oh, I need to forgive him. Yes, I was angry with him. Yes, I felt betrayed. Yes, I was deeply, deeply hurt to the core of my being. But I don't know that I needed to forgive him because it was it was he was it was us. Hmm. I don't feel like I need to forgive him because there's nothing to forgive. I just, really? I, I feel like I've accepted it as my lot in life. I accepted it as part of my story. I've accepted it as my destiny. Like it was meant to be this way, you know, even though it wasn't what, it wasn't, it was supposed to be my forever. Mm -hmm. So it didn't happen, but remember that I, I loved him with every core of my being. Like mm -hmm. it was him and nobody else. Mm -hmm. And even up to now, I always tell people like, look, that's the father of my kids to the day I die. Mm. So whether I like it or not, he's in my life forever. And yeah, I've, I, I would love to be his friend. I'm that kind of ex that, you know, like, I don't have any problem with you. Like I would go out on double date with you and your girlfriend or partner or whatever. Cause he's the father of my kids. And I know that he loves my kids. And at a point in time, I believe that he loved me. So every other thing, and I know that I'm not, it's not the, I'm not the, how do I say? I know that it's not the usual way of thinking, 
And I don't know why I think the way I do, because sometimes I just sit to myself and I think to myself, but Shubham, you should hate this guy. You should actually hate him. But I can't hate him. I actually can't. I actually can't. I don't know why. Hmm. It is what it is. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I've never heard anybody say that in in you know in that way but do you then also think that you not thinking about forgiveness is also maybe a part to play in not you wanting to marry again because if you don't because if you feel like if you forgive him you get into yeah. another relationship and marriage it will happen again and then you know it not god forbid it happens again but it's something that could happen again like Oh, definitely. Like, 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 that can happen again. Yeah. So do you feel like the you maybe you not forgiving is kind of leading you that part? Like it could. Um, I don't know. Like I said, it's there's nothing to forgive. I don't feel like there's anything to forgive. So that's for me, so, it's like so interesting. Like it's crazy. I, do you know? You know, I actually said to you that I've not actually processed. I'm. It's like I'm processing it as we speak mm. like there really is nothing to forgive like even when he was doing his his worst madness and I was angry and I was hurt and it was really I was dying inside mm -hmm. I still think of it like oh I hate this guy so I've never had to, so you only you can only forgive somebody who's who you hate or I don't I, I'm, I'm not even sure I'm making sense right now mm -hmm. but I've actually mm -hmm. never felt like I needed to forgive him because there was nothing to forgive I've actually for me is the part of my journey it's a part of my life and this was this is this is this has been written in the book so so fascinating to to hear that yeah that side but having said that do any man that comes to try madness with me I block you <laughs> I block you. I don't got time. <laughs> it's like, don't be trying that nonsense. Mm, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not, it's not gonna work. So, okay. Wow. Um, all right. So looking forward, what are you hoping in terms of you know, love and companionship? Because obviously you said that marriage is definitely not for you again. So it would like and are you worried about what people think, especially the church and the Christians? And Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Because mm. I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to do anything untoward or anything against my beliefs or the scripture. Mm. I know that I'm not going to do that. And I know that that's not what I'm, that's what I'm, not, that's not what I'm planning to do. So the church is going to, people are going to talk. Because let's not, let's not say church, people. Because the church is made up of people. Mm. People will talk. People talk every day. And my mom has always said something to me like, people will always talk. So you have to do you regardless of what anybody says. As long as as long as you're okay in yourself and with your God, mm -hmm. let people talk. Mm. So I might be having a good relationship with this gentleman here who treats me like a queen and we're not being sexually intimate. But because people see me, they want to time talk except you're gonna say it to me to my face with your chest <laughs> talk it's okay mm. you know i don't i don't care i really don't mm. so do you think that when you talk about the intimacy part what if he wants to be intimate and you don't uh, uncle that is not gonna happen <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uncle 
you know, I, I've learned that because I've, I've gone a few <laughs> dates and I've always been upfront. Like, I'm abstinent. I'm practicing abstinence. Okay. And to be practicing abstinence. So if it's not for you, it's okay. You can keep it moving. Keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my days. Wow, 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 wow. Gosh. This has been this has been so so interesting and just you know, just eye opening in terms of, you know, I guess everybody goes through different phases in their lives yeah. when they reach that divorce part. So for anyone who's considering divorce, like at what height would you say yes? At what height would you say no? Don't do it and keep keep moving. Um, and keep pressing it's in. it's different. It's different from for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if my if regardless of uh, there being another child in our mix, mm-hmm. if my if my ex had wanted to stay in the marriage, I would have what I would have fought for my marriage. So it takes two. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It takes two. Um, but if you if you don't all you can do and that other person is not meeting you. Um you have only it. one life. You have only one life. I would not, I would never tell anybody get divorced. Mm. But if your mental health is at stake, if your life is in danger. I guess you have to do it. It's 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 do, do what you have to yeah, do. Yeah, it's it's. I think I, th- I think it's definitely one of those things where like, if your life and is I always danger, I always tell people Jesus loves the divorcee. Look at how he rocked with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Like he proper he he that was his that was his chick that was his girl. Like mm-hmm. so what we're we talking about. Gosh, wow! This has been such an interesting conversation. I'm so glad that you were able to. You know, to open up and talk because it's it's never easy. It it really is no. never easy yeah. to to talk about divorce. And I'm sh- and the thing is, other people's experiences with divorce in the church has been not so great, probably worse than what you went through. And mm. and and, and his, I, I guess the question is to you actually with this, as a body of Christ, Christians in general, and the people in leadership, how? Should they approach divorce? Obviously, they don't want it to happen. But when it does happen, what do they need to do, take into consideration and just really start honing in on? They first need to stop being so bloody judgmental. Yeah. Secondly, they need to stop treating, especially the women, the divorced women in church, they need to stop treating them as if they're, they're like aliens and they're like, an ostracized group in the church community. Mm. Include them in, like, make them feel loved, empathize. You know, don't just, oh, is that single mother of three? Or, oh, she's been div- she's divorced. Just love mm. on them the way you would love on the single 30 up and mobile, you know, yeah. young lady. Lo- just love on people. Yeah, the church just needs to stop being so judgmental and the, the church needs to stop treating divorce like it's a dirty word. Like yes. it's a Yeah. Stop treating divorce like it's a sin. Mm, definitely. Because that's always yeah. the thing. Yeah. That's that's a good thing. Stop treating divorce like it's a sin. Some people, when you, when you automatically say sin, attach sin to that, 
then it's just like you're giving you're opening doors for you know spouses to stay in such abusive and really detrimental relationships because i can't yeah. get a divorce yeah. i'm trapped it means divorce i'm trapped you know so it's just like dangerous grounds there dangerous grounds. thank you so much for that because yeah. i think yeah for me i think leaders just need to back off on the whole judgmental thing like it happens and you have to see for what it is and not just you know not just look at the woman at fault because it's not just the woman it's the man as well that you both you have to look yeah. at both you know yeah individually yeah. and whatnot so but honestly it's been crazy wow um thank you so much for this no thank you lady t because i've actually realized that i haven't processed a lot of things <laughs> And I just reprocessing them as you speak. So thank you for the opportunity. No, honestly, it's it. The pleasure is all mine, and and I just really hope that as people listen to this, that you know, God, God doesn't obviously want divorce, but if, like you said, if it's your life is at risk, then you need to really think about that. If it's your life or your children's life. You kind of need to put that yeah. into huge consideration. You need to put that first yeah. before, and of course, yeah. And it's not just physical danger; it's your mental mm-hmm. and your emotional health as well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you would, would you advise definitely for people to go and seek counselling at the point because obviously Jesus you know, you and therapy you. all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Jesus and therapy. That's my motto. Jesus and therapy. Yeah, definitely. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been amazing again speaking to you. It's been great having you. How can people keep in touch with you? Um, like social media, people. Want to um, like, yeah, I'm on social media. Say. If you move mad on my social media, I block. I block <laughs> button is my favorite. <laughs> if You're you move best. mad, I block you. <laughs> hey, listen. This this is it. This is it. You block. They, it's easily done. Easy done. So like, so what is your yeah. handle? Because if someone's listening now and they wanted to reach out to you and say that, so it's um. Yeah, it should be underscore TK's daughter underscore Aribike. You know what? Do you know what we'll do? We'll put it in the description box um, for the episode. So then you people... will find the handle in the description <laughs> in the box. <laughs> exactly that. We will do. We will do. So, um, so yeah. So we'll put it in the description box so you guys can reach out to her on Instagram. You know, if you have any com- any talks, yeah. or not. And also, we'll put. Um, I mean, if you're listening to this and you have been affected by it or something has triggered you in terms of you know wanting to talk to divorce there is a helpline i'm gonna put the helpline in the box as well Um, and even if you don't have the funds you can always go to citizens advisory there you go yeah cool we'll put the link in that we'll put the link in the box as well for citizens advice so you can get the help that you need if um you know if you're at that 100 as well so um yeah so guys thank you so much for tuning in um keep the discussion going if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed today you can reach out to me you can send me an email candidonline at gmail.com and with the conversation if you do talk about it on social media hashtag candidonline and um yeah and we'll keep that discussion going let us know what your thoughts are and if you're encouraged by it and you know just just yeah just let me know but yeah on yeah. time guys um i will see you next time god bless you Thank you.